Hey, what's going on, everybody? You listen to Seggy Station. This man has a nickname, always lots to say with no shame. Friday, March 19, 2021. Hope all is well out there, everybody. Hope everyone's staying safe. Really great day today for sports fans. Obviously, March Madness is back. First four last night. Ton going on in NBA hoops, and obviously, NFL free agency has been wild. Obviously, a lot of sports topics surrounding the sports world. And getting into talking sports is something I always love to do as much as I can. So, had a couple of my boys on me for not doing as many solos as I said I was going to do. So, I'm trying to do a little bit of solo mixed with bringing my friends and new guests on. Slash, I'm back to work so I don't have as much time as I used to over the winter. But I'll try and uphold my promises Doing as much as I can on the forefront of the podcast. Really appreciate all love and support for the podcast. It's been great hearing from a lot of people about the podcast. Catching up, obviously. Getting the bracket challenge up and going, which I appreciate everybody that got into that. It means a lot to me. Got 25 plus people in there. Um, so I'll get into that a little bit. But obviously there's a lot going on in sports. It's tough keeping up in the sports world right now with obviously all the stuff I mentioned, plus NHL, plus MLB opening day coming up, plus obviously COVID still impacting not only hoops, but all sports. And then obviously people getting vaccinated at a clip in which we're seeing some type of change, obviously, with positivity rates. But there's still people testing positive. The virus is still affecting plenty of people across this country and there's a lot of differences in terms of mass mandates and what's going on with the virus across this country. So it's just interesting to follow, not only in the sports world, but in just obviously regular society, because you don't have to turn on the news to hear any of this nowadays, obviously, with all the social media platforms. As always, appreciate all love and support on those platforms of mine. At Seggy Station on not only Instagram, but Twitter, and also got a live version of the podcast up on my Twitch stream, it's underscore Seggy underscore G. Also still have the podcast out on my original Podbean, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Hopefully you get your podcast there. Right now it's time for Straight Talk. Brought to you by Seggy Straight Talk Microphone. It's always direct. Time to reflect. And let me start with this because I really, I really created this podcast... Um, it's crazy how things come full circle now as I've been doing this for an entire a year. Um, but here we are and March Madness is back after we didn't have it obviously last year due to the COVID. So the defending champion comes from 2019 March Madness. Here's 710 days gone by since the last NCAA tournament was played. And we had our first four played last night in which you're going to have Four teams advancing to the actual bracket, which will take place starting getting your brackets in, hopefully by 11.59 today. Noon, because that's when the brackets are submitted. That's when things are really fired up. And it's just great to see that back, obviously, the NCAA tournament. Obviously, sports trickling back and obviously things trickling back in to sports. But... Before I get into any of the sports talk, I do need to touch on some of this because I started a bracket challenge for the podcast this year. I appreciate everybody that got into that. Uh, I wish I could probably go through and shout everybody out, but 
you know, just from the people supporting me that I haven't talked to in who knows, two, three, couple years um, that I was able to reconnect with, a couple of people from college, obviously people from work supporting me as well, um, and my boss and Kizzle and Brendan, and then there's all these people that I just mentioned there, Ken Duff, Austin Markham, Musty obviously supporting me, my brother and my dad, and obviously all the people that you get on my podcast, and Rich and his dad and girlfriend, you got Smats, Duke, Mike, my brother, which he hasn't been on, but supports my podcast. So everyone that's supported my podcast is there. But there's some guys that I haven't had on the podcast that I wish I could, that I haven't connected with, that I wish I connected with more that are joining, which I appreciate the support there. And bros for life and Carl DK in the golfers as well. I mentioned Ken, uh, T-Flow, who's trying to get back on. And I'm pretty sure I touched on hopefully everyone, but that support is great. To get that, some of those results, uh, can't forget to mention Denny, who doesn't work with me no longer, but he's supporting me as well. Um, all that support has meant a lot. And realistically, this past week, I was able to link up with my former roommate, uh, one of my dudes from college, Shane Miles. Check out that podcast. Check out his page. Miles are running on Instagram and his music out on Apple Podcasts. Uh, or Apple Music, whatever it is. I don't know why I said podcast, probably because I'm doing that. But uh, yeah, his stuff is great. I connected with Steve Landell. I saw him actually again yesterday. He came up. He's working for TrackMan. He checked out our TrackMan at the golf course. We got to get in a pod this past weekend. You can check that out as well. Former teammate of mine. Uh, lived out in Arizona for a while. Former professional athlete. And really brings a great perspective to not only some of the sports talk, but just some of the life talk. And realistically if i wasn't doing a podcast in my opinion i want to be linking up with steve landell i want to be linking up with zay i want to be hitting up austin markham or getting to talk to ken and thanking kylie for getting into my bracket challenge and everyone else that supports me and realistically that's why i started this because i wouldn't talk to rich and Shu and dukes as much as i did if i didn't have this podcast and that's not even a lie. And I wouldn't meet up and have people come up and have something to talk about if I wasn't doing my podcast, if they weren't supporting me or listening to my podcast like Musty the other night yelling at me that I'm not doing enough solos. Yeah, bro, I wish I could do this every day. But you got to respect the method to the madness, which I put a lot of time and effort into this in order for it to be what it is. And I think people have started to grow and to appreciate that as well. So you got to appreciate the fact that I can only do it so much. I try and do it as much as I can, man. Sports is popping. It's tough to keep up with sports. And obviously with my job, it's grinding, it's grueling, the hours, and not only being a little bit far away, but dealing with my pup and all the things that matter to me as well. It's tough to come on here and even do 15, 20 minutes the way I want to do. Obviously, with sports topics endless, that's not the issue. But all the support when I do do it means everything. And all the conversations that I've had this past year in a couple months has not been anything if I didn't originally take a shot and want to do something that I didn't even know if I was going to be able to do. And through all the trials and tribulations and all the things that I've been trying to spread on this podcast with over 150 plus episodes on my original site, with over 35 plus episodes now on Spotify, with me sending out stickers and 
all the people that I've mentioned today, not only getting into my bracket challenge, but also trying to get those conversations on the podcast and having some of them on the podcast. That's just, that's incredible. That's so much love. That's so much stuff that I've been trying to spread. So much stuff that I don't see. And particularly, obviously, with this story that I saw uh, about this stuff that happened down in Atlanta at Massage uh, massage Parlor, where eight people were killed, particularly of the Asian descent. And investigation is obviously going in behind the attack. And obviously, you have tons of people out here on social media, um, particularly standing up for in the athlete uh, sports world, sticking up for obviously how disgraceful this behavior is and how tragic this is. But this type of stuff is just so out of line where it, it doesn't even make sense. Like you shouldn't even have to, you shouldn't even have to ask these people because the words that you have for some of these situations, it, it doesn't even make sense to me. And then when you really put it into perspective, when you really think about how this can happen to anybody at any time, not only a horrible, tragic situation like that, but just things that I see on an overall basis. Today being the anniversary for Shayna Rally, my friend who has a foundation that I've got her on the pod for Lucas Brenton. And hopefully we can link up potentially tomorrow as I got a day off. Or Duke's hitting us up and things going down where Miles, where he had to get surgery and prayers up to not only Duke's and the rest of his family, but obviously little man Miles. Or obviously that anything that can happen to anybody that realistically you might not know anything about if they don't say anything about it. Not only in the sports world, but it's just in the regular world as well. And realistically, I've started the podcast to not only be able to get some of that stuff personally off my chest, to be able to escape from some of those tragedies myself personally, but to just be able to talk some of these things in sports and maybe somebody out there cares and wants to listen, but I know people are, and I appreciate the people that are doing so. And like I said, it means the world to me, not only the bracket challenge, but just everything going on, obviously through getting the podcast to where it is at now, um, all that support means the world to me. It really does stop Asian hate, stop all types of hate towards all people. It should be equality for all people. It should be love for all people. And we need to really start spreading more of that as much as possible at really a higher clip. Let's get into some of the sports. As I mentioned, first four went on last night. And this is what I think is wild about that is you got two 16 matchups and Drake and Wichita State, which is playing USC, the winner, in which the winner was Drake, 53-52. I mind you, all four of these games were decided by eight points or fewer, which is a good start. Also, late night, UCLA goes down. 86-80 in overtime, beating Michigan State. But the controversy comes up around Tom Izzo grabbing one of his players, getting in an altercation with one of his players. And we live in this world where I just talked about on Saturday with Steve, especially in these particular matters with coaches. We live in this sensitive world, man, where I've seen and also probably been grabbed that same way by my coach in which I never once looked at it at any type of way where it had to be talked about, brought up again, nothing. It was because I either disrespected the man. It was either because I didn't do what I was supposed to do and I need to be better. It was because uh, I need to grow as a person and need to learn from that experience. It was never out of hate. It was never out of abuse. 
it was never out of aggression towards me. And some of these words that I hear based on those clips that I've seen in some of these words and social media and all these things that go in at Tom Izzo, I mind you, this happened a few years, two years back as well. He didn't lose his job for that. And he shouldn't lose his job for that. There's a difference between saying discrimination and hateful speech in the locker room as a head coach than it is to when you are disrespected, grab a player and not really do anything in terms of hitting a player. Like we've seen that before as well. You got to go back 20, 30 years. It's a different time, obviously. Obviously, everyone's going to talk about it when they see it like that. But when you have four good games go on last night, and I mentioned, it's good games, but is anyone taking a 16 over a 1? A 1's never beaten, or a 16's never beaten a 1. You had two of those playing games last night. Good for Norfolk State, who beats Appalachian State 54-53. Good for Texas Southern, who was down at half and beats... Mount St. Mary's 60-52. And like I mentioned, great for Drake. They win 53-52 over Wichita State, but I don't have them over USC in the upcoming bracket. So neither of those teams are going to be picked by nearly anybody when you go and look at the actual bracket. Maybe a few people at UCLA or Michigan State advancing. Obviously, you're able to watch and tune in in that game. But the storyline is what happened with Tom Izzo and one of his players. And that should not be the case. Because if there's a difference between what Greg McDermott did and what Les Miles did, he lost his job, Greg McDermott did not, there's different situations, obviously, for different guys. But this is one that should not be talked about. Obviously, I'm hyped up for the NCAA tournament. I do have to get to work today. So... After I finish up the pod, I'll be getting ready, letting the pup out, and making my route. Begins at noon. Obviously, it's a day where the NCAA tournament is always pretty great for all people. So the NCAA tournament is still a go. As I mentioned, 710 days. The NCAA did do 9,100 tests, eight positive tests. Oklahoma guard Davion Harmon will miss the first two games. Saw Gina Oriema on the woman's side. Going to have to miss potentially the first couple games for UConn if they're able to advance. Looking at the men's side, when you're picking your racket, here's a few facts for you. 31 of the past 35 NCAA national champions were a three-seed or higher. 10 of the last 13 were a one-seed. Talking about March Madness being here, your odds are filling out a perfect bracket are not good, obviously. In fact... They are lower than your odds of winning the lottery. The NCAA tournament will be the ultimate time burglar. Estimate the hour corporate losses would amount to roughly $1.9 billion as a result of workers who productively have diverted by March Madness. The NCAA says it doesn't want you to gamble on your bracket. That's laughable. No bottom seed has ever undefeated a top seed in the first round, as I mentioned. The lowest seed ever to win the tournament was ranked number eight Villanova back in 1985-2008. May hold the record for being the most predictable tournament ever, as it was the only tournament that all four number one seeds, Kansas, North Carolina, UCLA, and Memphis, locked horns in the final four. The phrase March Madness was coined in connection with the NCAA in 1982 because of Brent Musburger. In 1939, was also the inaugural year of the NCAA tournament. New York College won both tournaments in 1950. 
Notre Dame shooting guard Austin Carr set a tournament game record by sinking 61 points in a first-round matchup with Ohio back in 1987. The University of North Carolina holds the record for the worst loss in tournament history back in 1941. Uh, Indiana boasts the youngest head coach to win a national title, and also they are the last team to go undefeated uh, in 1976, also the last time we didn't see Kentucky and Duke in the same NCAA tournament that I've mentioned a few times. We do have the Gonzaga uh, Bulldogs entering at a 26-0, just the fifth team to do so this year. Only three men can claim championship status as both a player and a coach. Only one coach has ever won both championships in the NCAA and NBA. And let's see... The University of Connecticut, need to give this a shout-out real quick. They are the only school to have fielded men's and women's national championship teams in the same year, and they've actually done it twice. They ran the table back in 2004 and did it again also in 2014. Shout-out to UConn, taking on Maryland, tough matchup. Also then Alabama, if they advance in the second round, had them as a lock to make it to the second weekend, going to be tough. We'll see if they can pull it off. Americans will eat a lot of pizza and drink a lot of beer in March. We all know who the real winners are. Pizza all orders increased by 19%. The number will blow up somewhere between 17 and 18 million barrels in March when looking at barrels of beer, as you got average 14 million when you look at an average month in barrels of beer. Some interesting NCAA facts I had for you. NCAA tournament pumped up, having it today, obviously Friday. Today, Saturday, tomorrow, Sunday, I believe they do it again, I think. And then Monday, I'm not sure. I got to look into that again. I got the schedule. Hopefully get it up and going. But really for hoops fans, sports fans, March Madness, being back, being on, starting today, really tomorrow as well. The two best days, in my opinion, of the year for hoops fans and sports fans with obviously this being up there in that category as well. Really looking forward to it. Can't wait to watch all those games. Touched on March Madness. Touch on, obviously, the love for that. Just need to give a quick shout-out here in the UConn's uh, side of things for the women because I got them winning my women's bracket, which I filled out. Had to get one of those in there, uh, which really I haven't heard as much talked about, obviously, as the men's. It's never going to be, but at the same time, it should get talked about more. Get in there and fill out a women's bracket. I got UConn. I got Paige Becker's. Obviously, no Gino Arama after having a positive test, as I mentioned, potentially missing the first game or two. Um, but Paige Beckers is legit. She's looking to become the first freshman, or I'm sorry, the third freshman, first UConn freshman to be doing something like this, carrying her team. But the third ever freshman to be carrying a woman's squad to go to a national championship as a freshman. As you look at some of the greats, Maya Moore, Skylar Diggins, Candace Parker, not able to do it. Um, you got to go back to, as I mentioned, 1970s where there was a few, and I have their names. Didn't get to write them down, didn't have them. But I think Paige Beckers is the real deal. I think she's able to carry a team. I think what she does on the basketball court, and I don't mean this to sound sexist at all, sexist at all, I'm sorry, but she's the type of uh, woman that when she's playing on the court with dudes, people are out there saying, Oh, man, dude, look, the dudes are taking it easy on her. Nah, man, she's literally just that good. Like, I'm probably playing as hard as I can because I'm not trying to get disrespected by this girl. 
she's out here disrespecting me. That's how legit she is. That's how legit she is in the game. When you go and look at the number one seeds in the tournament in the women's bracket, I believe all of them within the past five years have not only won the tournament, but all been represented in the Final Four three times as a stat on that. Very top-heavy league, obviously, but that's when you obviously get better games towards the Elite Eight, Final Four, obviously NCAA Championship. Tune in to the women's side as well. Obviously, you get some good games. South Carolina, Stanford, and I believe, damn, I don't know off the top of my head who the last number one seed is because I just did the bracket. That's a shame. But I feel like I plugged the women's side pretty hard. Um, as I mentioned, UConn, Gino being out, which is, I think, a little bit slightly impactful, but not enough where I think UConn gets bounced before he gets back. So it'll just be a matter of where they're getting matched up towards the end and how that's going to affect them once he gets back, which I don't think it'll matter because Paige Beckers obviously will be able to do her work while he's gone. And once he returns, we'll be able to see if they can take down. I believe they'll have to take down Baylor to get to the finals if Baylor advances. Um, they got a few others in their side of the bracket that aren't no scrub teams. I saw Kentucky in there. Um, you know, I follow a little bit of the women's. Um, so it'll be good. Uh, obviously, having that back as well, not only that, but NBA, second half of that NBA, uh, season, NHL, MLB opening day coming up. Obviously, NFL free agency has been wild. Good luck keeping up with that. So uh, trying to like run through like some of the stuff that has happened with that would be kind of tough. Um, I'd probably have to set like a one-minute bell and go through all. But I do need to touch on this one for sure. Because I think this is, uh, I think this is actually interesting. Um, you know the Bears, Bears are out here in the Russell Wilson sweepstakes. Which, by the way, like this is the thing I've been on this since day one. Not only is a thirty-nine million dollar cap hit if Russell Wilson is traded this season, uh, which I don't think Seattle's trying to do for particularly a guy like Nick Foles, Mitchell Trubisky, who's now signed with the Bills. Great move, by the way. Um, the Bears are in that sweepstakes and end up with Andy Dalton and told Andy Dalton, who's been on the record now, to say that he signed with the Bears because he told he was going to be the QB1 there. Okay, so let me get this straight. The Bears made the playoffs last season by winning their last three games, I believe, maybe four straight, with Mitchell Trubitsky, who was benched and then reinserted to get them to that point, who, by the way, we all know was drafted ahead of Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. He's got his own problems going on. We'll get into that in a minute. With Ryan Pace, not Matt Nagy. Now, here's the thing. If Ryan Pace has Andy Dalton starting week one, he should be fired. Talked about him being fired last year. If the Bears are 1-3, and 0-4, oh four, four weeks into the season, you don't think Matt Nagy's getting fired? So you're telling me that with your last-ditch effort to save y'all's jobs, you're going with Andy Dalton as your QB1 when you could have had Mitch Trubitsky there, obviously relationship damaged, now signs to sit behind Josh Allen, we all saw what's happening with Jameis Winston potentially down in New Orleans. Not saying Josh Allen is going to retire. But is he getting his extension with the Bills? 
We all know the importance of a backup quarterback in this league. If your QB gets dinged up and can't play a game, can your guy go in there and win you a game? That's my knock on my brother hitting me up. Dude, what are the Giants doing signing Mike Glennon? Colt McCoy, he won one of our, our backup, won one of our six games last year. Yeah, dude, backup's important. Colt McCoy was on a one-year deal. That dude's old as hell. I like Colt McCoy, but this dude, Glennon, I've seen him play. He ain't starter material. There ain't no way he's competing with Daniel. But he's a backup, serviceable enough to come in potentially for one game. We saw it. We needed it last year. This is important in the NFL. What the Bears are doing right here is just questionable to me. Like, if I'm a fan of this squad, and if I'm looking at my coach and GM there this offseason, I mean, I don't even know how I don't even know how I can defend any of these moves. And to me, it's this whole thing where I feel like it's still why I'm single, honestly. Like, we all have standards, right? Like, for me, I ain't ever just gonna have a girlfriend again just to say I have a girlfriend. Like, Nah, dog. Like, I get you're trying to fill a void because Seattle probably isn't going to want to trade you for Mitchell Trubisky or Nick Foles. But why even get out there and say that we're going to be pushing so hard for Russell Wilson when you didn't even know if it was going to be a done thing? It just sets a standard that can't be met. (laughs) So now you got Bears fans out here going, oh, word, we're in that and we got Andy Dalton? On a one year? When we Dude, that what's going on in Chicago? Not good. Not good. I do need to touch on this because I think this is interesting. Love my boy Dukes. Mentioned Miles a little bit. I haven't had him back on the pod. He's probably mad at me or whatever. We're good. We'll get back into it. Came over there tonight, chill a little bit. Talked a little bit. Got into it a little bit, obviously. Dukes an Eagles fan. I'm a Giants fan. I think it's just under Unreal. I, I think Duke's misunderstanding me a little bit, so maybe he'll listen to the pod and, and understand it. But I think it's crazy to just be saying that the NFC East is the worst division of all time. Like, I've been hearing that a lot, even this past season. This is the worst division we've ever seen. Dude, I, I would defend against that. I would say, what's good with the AFC East for the past 20 years before Tom Brady left? What's good when you go look at the AFC South with obviously the Houston Texans in there, the Jags, which are coming to life a little bit under Urban Meyer, but we'll see. And then really no one else besides Tennessee since they've gotten Mike Vrabel. Why don't you go look at the matchup between Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cleveland Browns over the past 20 years minus this past season right before the playoffs in which the Browns did lose to the Steelers, but then got the best of them in the playoffs, that record between those two. Throw in the Cincinnati Bengals in that matchup as well with those two teams going along with the Baltimore Ravens, two teams cream of the crop. Dude, I would just argue that we've seen this before in other divisions. I get it. The NFC East is always close and murky, but that doesn't mean, in my opinion, that it's a bad division. Duke was trying to tell me that there's the difference between that and bad football. And I think that's where we're in a misunderstanding. I agree that there is some bad football being played, literally, if not always in the NFC East, 
this past year particularly. But that does not mean that it is the worst division of all time. That's my whole thing. And the only point I'm trying to make is, bro, my team was literally bottom three down there with the Jets in terms of record the past three years prior to this one. Yeah, we did a little bit this past year, but I would argue we were competitive and playing a lot better and had better football, had better football played in games this year than those three years prior, which as a fan, I'm happy to see. And then as we're doing more in free agency, crossing my fingers on Kenny G, and doing things into this draft, and building off of Daniel Jones, hopefully in his third year, getting Saquon back, getting him some more weapons, building up the defense and offensive line. That, as a fan, you need to be proud of, happy of, not what I was seeing those three years prior in which I was in utter depression. Here's the deal. That's what's going on with the Eagles. So I can understand that pain, bro. But that doesn't mean that this is the worst division of all time. That doesn't mean that going into this year, that's going to be the worst division. Because it's not. It's always competitive. The games are always competitive between one another. And that, that in my opinion, does not mean that's bad football. I'm pumped to see how the NFC shakes out. Obviously, with Washington football team making moves for Fitzmagic and bringing in Curtis Samuel on a three-year deal, connecting him with his former college teammate and Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson out there, and obviously that defense under cancer fighter Ron Rivera. I'm interested to see what's going on with these Eagles in his draft at number six. Jalen Hurts getting his opportunity, obviously, with Wentz moving on to Indy. Things to get into in that regard. And then, obviously, what these Cowboys are going to do finally paying Dak Prescott. But here's the thing, paying him elite premium money, how that's going to impact when you're also paying five other players top five money, when in my opinion, they're not even top five talents at their position. I do want to touch on Carson Wentz because I had a couple recordings I needed to throw in for today's pod before I get out of this topic in the NFL, which is... Free agency has been unreal and tough keeping up. I mean, the flurry of moves that we have saw over the past few days since it's opened up, technically on Monday, is quite frankly ridiculous. I saw Will Fuller one year with the Dolphins. Interesting move with, obviously, the rumors around Deshaun Watson. Get into that here after that other topic. Kenyon Drake, two-year, $11 million deal with the Raiders. Minch Trubisky mentioned him on a one-year with the Bills. Jacoby Brissett, one year with the Dolphins. Oh, I forgot to mention, Emmanuel Sanders to the Bills. Big move. Interesting wide receiver one, A.J. Green, one year to the Cardinals. I think that's hyped up a little bit more than it should be. Gerald Green, one year, or talked about doing a deal with Seattle Seahawks. It is confirmed he will, just not confirmed the amount of years. Chiefs, a one-year, $5 million with Kyle Long. Also agreeing to a five-year, $80 million with Joe Thune earlier in the week. They're building up the offensive line for Patrick Mahomes. Curtis Samuel, three-year, $34.5 with the Washington football team, as I mentioned. Also bringing in Fitzmagic on a one-year deal. Rams, former Rams, cornerback Troy Hill agrees to a four-year, $24 million with the Browns. Deal with the Browns, who also got a safety this week as well. They're addressing their needs. Titans agree to a deal with linebacker Bud Dupree. Carlos Hyde, two-year, $6 million with the Jags, who also acquired 
cornerback Shaquille Griffin on a three-year $40 million deal from the Seahawks and also acquired Marvin Jones Jr. from the Lions, two-year $9.2 million guaranteed. Jags doing work with their free agency money and also looking, obviously, to take Trevor Lawrence number one and address some draft picks number one and compete right away in a division I talked about that is normally weak and up for grabs, particularly with the Colts and what we could see there with Carson Wentz. Saw Jamal Williams, two years, $7.5 million deal with the Lions after Aaron Jones gets his money with the Packers. Jamal Williams leaving that two-headed monster situation. Trent Williams is a monster and gets the largest contract of an offensive lineman in NFL history to stay with the 49ers, six years, $138.5 million. Trey Hendrickson really had his stock up for free agency, being snubbed from the Pro Bowl this year, last year for the Saints, but team leader in sacks, top two in the league, four years, $60 million with the Bengals. William Jackson the third cornerback, heading to a three-year $42 million with the Washington football team, making a lot of decent moves. Patrick Peterson, one year with the Vikings. Shaq Barrett agrees to a four-year $72 million to return to the Bucks, who also got a deal done with Levante David. Gronk on a one-year uh, one $10 million, tagging Chris Godwin, trying to bring it back to run it back. We'll see if they're able to do so with bringing back Sue, and if they can bring back all those guys, that would be insane to me. Corey Davis, three-year, $37.5 million with the Jets, who made a few moves as well. Yannick Ngakwe, two-year, $26 million with the Raiders. And Patrick Chung, who opted out safety for the Patriots. I'll call him now former safety of the Patriots because he opted out last year due to the COVID. Supposed to make a return this year has reversed his course and has announced his retirement on Thursday. Flurry of NFL moves. I mean, and there's more to come for sure. I mean, it's tough keeping up with, with that. There'll be a lot of discussion to talk about with that, but my original thing was getting the Carson Wentz thing queued up, and I believe I should have it queued up now, so I'm going to get it going here. Here's Carson Wentz. interesting comments and on the forefront there where he's apologizing for the reports of him not being a great teammate um not really good if you're in the indianapolis colts locker room and then obviously the situation with him now going to be reportedly wearing number two not getting a number 11 from michael pittman jr and really his comments on that also bring in some really i'm just like what is going on with this dude Actually, number 20, believe it or not, in high school, always loved number 20, but actually, 
number two, I think, um, is really in the back of my mind, back of my heart, always what I wanted to be. So uh, we're excited to, and hopefully, hopefully people think I look good in two. If not, who cares? My wife does, so that's all that matters. So I, the interesting thing in those two recordings for me, and I was listening to a little bit of my sports talk, which really was my first reaction, and really used my reaction going back to really what went down with him this past season with the Eagles. This man does not take criticism, adversity very well. He goes into a shell of himself, and realistically, he cares a lot about what people think of him. I mean, a lot, man. And I'll tell you right now, if that's the way you go about things, it is tough. It is tough, man. I, I swear to God. Like, if you're an NFL player, if you're starting up a podcast, if you're a golf professional, if you're a grocery store worker, if you're a unemployed person, if you're caring about what people think of you, man, that is not good success for yourself, personally. And if there's one thing that I've learned through all the things I've gone through, it's that. And I just see a lot of warning signs with this. As a professional athlete, the way this man addressed some of these situations. And I think it's concerning for the Indianapolis Colts, who are trying to literally revive this man, Carson Wentz, um, and his career. Uh, I did want to touch on some NBA, so I will do that before I get out of here. But before I do so, I need to touch on this to Sean Watson. Because obviously, Deshaun Watson is the biggest offseason quarterback carousel move. We've been all waiting to see if he actually gets moved. And what's going on with him now is not good. Um, I do want to mention that none of these are criminal charges, but this is getting to be a little bit murky because I saw this first come up a few days back where there's a civil suit filed against Deshaun Watson, and then a couple uh, days later, maybe a day later, it's three, and now reportedly those three that have been officially filed, that lawyer confirms that there are nine individuals that will come forth on behalf of a lawsuit towards Deshaun Watson. So it first became he said, she said, one person, professional athlete, four-year, $160 million deal. Pretty sure he has a girlfriend. Yeah, he might have did something crossing the line, but we've seen that before. Uh, settlement, obviously disgraceful stuff by Deshaun Watson, but really not the end of the world with what we've seen some of these people do in professional sports to particularly women, obviously going back just a few years. But if you're getting this into three, nine individuals, now this is repetitive behavior, not a mistake or accident, not benefit of the doubt, kind of creepy, definitely messed up. And here's the thing. Now Deshaun Watson's got a serious problem because I talked about his trade value going down by the day back a few weeks ago. If you don't think it's going down now, and if you're the Houston Texans, you don't think you had a problem before, you don't got one now, you are sadly mistaken. This is a problem. His value is dropping by the day, second hour, whatever you want to call it. This situation is under investigation by the NFL, which they're are comment are choosing not to comment on at this moment while the investigation is still being done. This is going to be murky for Deshaun Watson when you're out here demanding for a trade and then this story comes up in the midst of you demanding for a trade, also saying that if you aren't traded, you're planning on sitting out at all costs. Man, 
this Deshaun Watson stuff is nuts. Like, you try to give the benefit of the doubt, and you talk, you see all these athletes, sports talk, talking about, oh yeah, they get massaged, blah, 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 like this is how it goes. Yeah, trying to, trying to, whatever, either stand up or defend Deshaun Watson, or at least explain to people so it doesn't sound as bad as obviously the Michigan State Tom Izzo thing, which I opened the pod with. Here's the thing though. Nine times? Nine different women? Nine different civil suits? I don't care if you're making $160 million through four years. Nine different civil suits cannot be good, especially in the midst of you trying to demand a trade. Did need to touch on a little NBA before I get out of here. You got the trade deadline, which is coming up here within a week. March 25th trade deadline. I saw P.J. Tucker to the Bucks. That's an interesting move. Looking forward to linking back up with Rich, the NBA phenom, to get into, obviously, some of the moves that are done before the trade deadline and, obviously, some of the games that have taken place in the NBA, which I saw last night. I saw the Knicks, four-game win streak at home, winning last night in a close game. Julius Randle with a triple-double, 17 assists. I saw the Jazz losing to the Wizards, 131-122, in which Bradley Beal had 40 points, snapping his 11-game losing streak when the, he scored 40 points. Russ balling out and back-to-backs, had 22 points within the first 14 minutes, had another triple-double. Jazz, first 25 games, five losses. Last eight games, five losses. Reeling a little bit. Interesting to see if they're able to keep it going on. Saw LaMelo taking on the Lakers late night. Wasn't able to see who actually won that game by this morning. Wild by me with all the stuff I'm checking. But I'm also checking a lot of stuff. But here's my thing. Russ, 35-15-13. and 13. I saw on this past Wednesday, I believe, six triple-doubles in the NBA in one night. Saw Giannis, three straight triple-doubles. Mentioned P.J. Tucker going to the Bucks, balling out a little bit. Giannis getting back up into the uh, conversation here with what the Bucks are doing in the East. The triple-double. Sabonis, I saw, he set a franchise record the other night for six in a season. Um the triple-double, and I've talked about it on here a bunch. I saw my guy Jay talking about it. I've been listening to his stream, like how he's knocking it, and, you know, it's not the same. And, bro, the triple-double, it's the same. It's incredible that you're seeing him at this clip, but also you're seeing him at this clip by particular players, man. Russell Westbrook leading the league with 12 currently right now. Um, just incredible with all the hate he's been getting this year, in my opinion. Another one last night, like I mentioned, and a big win up against the Jazz. Like, they need wins if they're going to get back into this plan or back into the seeding of the playoffs, which is possible, and I think they still will do it. James Harden with 11. We saw him getting 40 points in a triple-double the other night, getting up in there. Harden becomes the fourth player in NBA history with 140-point games, joining Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, and Wilt Chamberlain. Um... You go and look at Nikola Jokic, a center with 10 triple-doubles this year in the NBA. Luka Doncic with 9. Obviously, I've talked about him plenty of times on the pod. Giannis, as I mentioned, 3 straight up to 7. Sabonis, as I mentioned, up to 6. Franchise record for the Pacers. And Randall with one last night with 17 assists. Passing Bernard King, obvious Knicks legend, in most assists by a point forward, point big man, whatever you're going to call it in today's NBA. The triple-double is alive. It's well. You got to appreciate it. Y'all don't understand it. Triple TJ McConnell getting a triple-double with steals. I mean, that's just ridiculous. I saw that in a woman's 
uh, college basketball semifinal or championship game on senior night or whatever it was, conference. I mean, that's incredible. Ten steals in a game? I mean, that's, dude, that is, uh, maybe the game has changed where it might be easier, but I, I don't want to hear that because you still got to do it. You still got to go out there and do it in that level. That's, that's incredible to me. And what we're seeing in the NBA right now is incredible. From not only a lot of these young teams that we didn't expect, including them New York Knicks, uh, hopefully some of these teams coming back up to the cream of the crop, but also some of these teams that were on that really unbelievable streak to start the season, kind of coming back down to earth right now. Obviously mentioned the Utah Jazz a little bit, seeing a little bit of a slide, obviously, from the Lakers with Anthony Davis still being out and talked about the Bucks trying to mess some of these pieces together. Nets still on a decent win streak here. I believe they lost the other night, though. Um, or actually, no, they they won that game because Kyrie and Katie sat out, and they still won with James Harden going off, which is just yeah, it's getting pretty tough to like not uh, be able to knock James Harden and what he's doing right now. Um, the Nets getting Blake Griffin and Katie back with Kyrie managing, and I mean what they got going on out there is. I'm sorry, dangerous. Um, for me, it's just going to be what it's going to be like come playoff time, and I'm going to still hold out on my Nets are going to be destroying everybody in the East in their path because I just don't know if they're going to be able to hold up defensively against some of these teams. Milwaukee Bucks, as I mentioned, 76ers, as I mentioned plenty of times, and uh, I think there's some interesting teams that people are sleeping on. Heat, I think the Heat are a team that can take out the Nets for sure. We saw what they did last year in the bubble, and I, it is, my opinion, is not an anomaly. Um, getting Jimmy B- Butler back, getting Jimmy Butler back healthy um, has been key. Over the last five games in which they're on a five-game win streak, the Heat talked about them last pod being up in the four seed in the East now. Jimmy Butler, 28.2 points, 6.6 rebounds, 8.2 assists, 3.4 steals. Um, dude is incredible. Obviously with Bam and the Heat always aggressive before the trade deadline. We'll see if they're able to do some more work come Eastern Conference playoff time. But if there's a few guys I want to see get a ring before they retire, need to see get a ring before they retire, Russ, definitely up there. I saw a few lists coming out in the sports world on that. I got to get into Rich with that for sure because I know he's got Mello on that list. But I would go Russ, Jimmy Butler, Dame, CP3, D-Rose. That'd be my lineup. It's tough to leave Mello out, but I don't know if they're able to do it. But if Dame does it, so does Mello. So I guess you can go Dame slash Mello in that. Throw Rich in that regard. All right. Better wrap this up here before I'm running late. And can't be running late because this is interesting. I get pissed about this whole P5 thing, PlayStation 5 not being able to get one and like launching and like supply demand, whatever. I get it. This whole thing with NBA Top Shot, bro, which by the way, NBA Top Shot is legit. And if you listen to my podcast and you haven't made an NBA Top Shot account, you are missing out. Do it. I know it's going to take you a minute because they're on high maintenance and bullshit demand with your sign up through email. If you got a Google account, Gmail, it'll let you do it through there. That's what I had to do. Couldn't sign up through my email. I don't know. I get emails to my other one. Dude, Musty telling me they're crazy about two accounts. I only got one account, but I don't know. 
This thing's popping off so quick. So many people getting in there. So many things going on. Trying to do pack drops, crashing the site. People trying to get in and make an account, crashing the site. High demand, marketplace always down. Bro, once they figure out that they need to get this thing together because this thing is huge, they don't have the actual capabilities of doing that yet because this thing tripled, like, I don't even know what Rich was telling me, in size, in, like, a week. I don't even know what it was. NBA Top Shot is legit. If you're into sports, if you're into trading cards, which I'm kind of into that, this is cooler. And this, this is going to pop off for sure. Like, there, in my opinion, there's no missing on this. Because everything is going virtual now, obviously, with the COVID. But some of that stuff is going to come back. I don't think all, man. Like, I don't think all that stuff that you used to see that wasn't virtual is always going to come back. Like, I heard an interesting one. Like, oh, you're always doing interviews not only in sports but whatever in Zoom now. That's going to have to change, obviously, because obviously that personal connection, like, I feel like that's too, that's too tough. Like, media press conferences in Zoom, interviews for a job, interviews in general for free agency, whatever it is, via Zoom, that's not going to work. So I think some things will be back to non-virtual. Do I think some things that really went virtual during the COVID era, obviously, stay and continue to grow virtual? Absolutely. NBA Top Shot, one of them. Don't miss out. If you got your account, pack drop is today, apparently, 12 noon, high noon. Said that was a huge date. Time on this date. Sorry. All out of whack. A little bit, little bit earlier than normal. But glad I got something in. Shout out Musty. Came through, did something for you. Got through some of the topics in sports. Spread the love, less hate all around. Really enjoy the NCAA tournament. Appreciate it being back. Appreciate all the sports being on right now. Really with obviously a little over a year. The anniversary with sports shutting down is something I'll remember till the day I die. That's all I had for the airwaves today. Appreciate all listening as always. And as always, still have no shame what I had to say. It's the man with a nickname. Till next time, everybody. Peace and love. Stay safe out there. You're listening to Seggy Station.